reading is taken from Matthew 24 and uh, is on uh, page 994, as you can see. Uh, There are Bibles tucked away at the end of your pews somewhere. And while you're finding the page, we'll remember that last week um, we heard the story of the, the wise and the foolish virgins and we thought that was all over and finished with and that we can relax. But then a three-letter word appears in this next reading, but. So this is uh, called the day and the hour unknown. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in a field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken, the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have left his house to be broken into. So, you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Gary, and thank you to Jamie for starting us off. Sorry for causing you a panic by hiding around the corner. Uh, something I normally do to Kai, but uh, you survived very well. Well, Happy New Year, church. Uh, it seems a strange time to say that, doesn't it? Isn't the church strange that we begin our new year at Advent? And Advent, if I was to ask people, is probably the most confusing seasons of the year. Um, if I ask people about Christmas or Easter or Pentecost, people have got some idea of what it's about. But Advent, what is it all about? Uh, we often think Advent, oh, that's all about Christmas. Today's reading that we've just had now is a traditional one for Advent. This often occurs, but it doesn't sound very Christmassy, does it? Uh, it's not really about new beginnings either. It's about the end of things, rather than beginnings. So what, what is going on? Well, Advent, of course, means coming. Um, and this is where we get confused, because are we talking about Jesus coming as a baby as we start to look towards Christmas? Or are we thinking about Jesus' second coming? And the answer to that question is, it's both. It's both. During this time of Advent, we think about both of those things. In the Old Testament, the prophets had very much an idea of a now and a then. 
when they prophesied in their sights. Uh, there were passages in the Old Testament which made sense to the people at the time, but they were also later fulfilled, often in Jesus. The Old Testament is full of types or foreshadows of Jesus. Uh, maybe an example will help. We know in Isaiah, um, we read these words, don't we? You'll know them. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And a lot of Old Testament commentators say this initially refers to a woman who's about to become Isaiah's second wife. It was a, a now prophecy, but it was also for then as well, because we know as part of the Christmas story. It was foreshadows in the Old Testament and then ultimately fulfilled in Jesus. It's a bit like, I don't know if you're old enough to remember those old-fashioned overhead projectors, you know, the ones that had acetates. Uh, when I was at school, the teacher would often put on a picture of a plant and then put on another acetate on the top, which would point to the names of the different parts of the plant, and then you could put another one on the top to give you more answers, and it would add on those things. And now and then. In chapter 24 of Matthew's Gospel here, Jesus starts off by talking about the destruction of the temple, the ransacking of Jerusalem, and the end of things for the people there, which actually happened in AD 70. And, but Jesus is in the style of the Old Testament prophets, and he's talking about the imminent destruction of the temple, but it's overlaid with pictures and visions and advice about end times, when Jesus will return. And we picked it up from verse 36 in the narrative here, and Jesus here is focusing on his return at the end of time. So this season of Advent has got more than one meaning. There's a lot for us to think about and challenge ourselves. It helps us to prepare for the coming of Christ as we celebrate Christmas and gets us ready for that. But we also prepare for his second coming as king. There's a lot in this Advent, a lot that goes with it. It's a bit like the new St. Michael's logo. Uh, the more you look at it, the more different things you can see in it. There's a lot there. You can look at it again and again and see something new. So Advent is an important time. We need to prepare not just because it's less than a month to Christmas, as Hannah reminded us, but because Jesus will return. Are we prepared? The set reading from Romans today reminds us of the urgency. Uh, Romans 13. Do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake from your slumber. Because salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness, put on the armour of light, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's where we are today. So we're going to unpack Advent together and look at this passage from Matthew's Gospel. But first, let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time of preparation and the, this important season of Advent. And we pray as we unpack your word this morning, you will speak to our hearts by the power of your Spirit. Challenges us with, challenge us with new things and bring us nearer to you. Amen. So I want to unpack Advent for you this morning and I'm going to do so with the aid of the Bible, of course, uh, with the aid of Google and perhaps more surprisingly with the aid of Peppa Pig. Okay, so um, 
Google is the often place we turn to, isn't it? I'm not sure how many of you are pretending at the moment to follow the Bible reading on your phones, but are really Googling Advent to find out what it really means and find out if what Mark is saying is, is really true. And I love Google because I love the suggestions. You know, when you type, start typing something in, asking Google a question, and it starts suggesting really weird things that, that come up on the internet, or just what everybody else is searching at the moment. So I did some yesterday. And if you type in Google, what is the worst and then leave it to suggest things. These are, these are the five top five things that, that it came up with. What is the worst? And number five, what, what is the worst swear word? Okay, so we won't go there. Um, number four on the list was, what is the worst theme park in the UK? Which I thought was really interesting. You might want to know which is the best if you're planning a trip, but who on earth is searching for what is the worst theme park in the UK? Maybe they've had a really bad day and they're finding out if theirs was the worst. Uh, number three top, in third place was, what is the worst pain in the world? Uh, what is the worst airline came in at number two? Uh, and weirdly, at number one, what is the worst sign of the zodiac? It was the most searched for things on, on Google in the past thing. Isn't it strange? Uh, I typed in, how can you, and see what it said next. And the top five, how can you keep data secure? People worried about that. How can you catch shingles was number four on the list. Again, wondering what people are doing. Uh, number three is very sad. How can you mend a broken heart? So that's very sad, isn't it? Uh, number two, of all time, this was, how can you cheat at chess? Okay, so it's been in the news a bit recently, so people obviously want to know. And uh, number one, not surprising at the moment, was how can you avoid wasting fuel? fuel was the, the top one and things like this. So we're going we're gonna to think of Google. If you typed in, well, if I typed in yesterday, it changes from day to day. Type in Advent. And what does it suggest after the word Advent uh, to come in there? Maybe you're a fan of that, that show, Blankety Blank, where they give you one word uh, and they say, what is the most common answer to hear? So Advent Blank. What if I did? In third place, in third place, we have Advent Wreath comes in at number, number three. Maybe you've got one of these. Uh, very traditional, and we've got one here which has got candles on it, and things like that. But Advent wreath comes in at number three on Google, and that's where we're going to start this morning with a wreath. And that's a really interesting word, isn't it? Brings us straight into our reading here because a wreath talks about what? About death, funerals. When we normally place a wreath, it's the final farewell, a wreath on a coffin. A couple of weeks ago, I was placing a wreath at the war memorial along with all the others on behalf of the churches as we remember those who died in the war. And we begin with an Advent wreath, which brings us straight to that focus on death. Because Jesus' story, message here in his passage here is, oh, that's not going to stay, is it? Is very much a serious one. He refers to the story of Noah. We often think of Noah, don't we, as a children's story. You know, all that nice thing of the animals and the ark. And we think of all those picture book things, the smiling animals going off, hopping along and jumping into the ark. And we think about that, don't we? We tell our children's stories that. We don't think about the thousands of people and animals being wiped out and drowning, which is also part of that. And Jesus here brings us people back to earth in the days of Noah. He's liking it to that. He talks of a separation at the end of time. That's how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken, 
and the other left. So Advent wreath reminds us about death. Are we safe? Have we put our faith in Jesus as a saviour? At the end of time, which side will you be on, Jesus is saying? Because this is an urgent message. Verse 42, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. This is important. The Bible teaches that salvation is offered to all. God will not turn away anyone who repents and turns to him, trusting in Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. But it also teaches that not everyone will be saved. Not everyone is safe. One will be taken, the other left. The Advent wreath reminds us of that, that one day we will all meet with Jesus. That might be through death, or it might be when he returns again. One way or the other, we're going to meet with him. We don't often like thinking about death, do we? Um, I remember as a child reading the, the lovely novel, Watership Down. You may have read it and or seen the film. There's a, there's a passage in that which always sticks in my mind. Hazel, Bigwig and Silver and the rabbits who are looking for a new safe home after their warren is um, threatened. They come across a lovely new warren where they're made welcome. The rabbits are all well-fed and happy. In fact, the local farmer there actually puts out food for them. And these all rabbits are, are happy and well. But what they soon come to realise is it's a trap. And the farmer himself is farming the rabbits. And every now and then he'll go out and shoot one or trap one and take them away. And the way the rabbits cope with that uh, and that warren, they don't talk about it. One of, their, one of their family, one of their friends disappears and they're never mentioned again. They pretend it doesn't exist. It won't happen to them. And they don't talk about it. We're often like that, aren't we? That we don't talk about death. It won't happen to us. Terminal cancer is something that other people get. We don't think about it. We don't think that one day we will die. We're like those rabbits there. Interesting, uh, when I trained to be a vicar, uh, looking at the old-fashioned textbooks of vicars going right back to the Middle Ages of how to be a priest. And one of the things that in the Middle Ages as a priest was your, one of your main roles in the parish was to pre- prepare people for dying Maybe it's something we don't think about often now in our role of vicar. That we do is our our role should be to prepare people for dying. And this message here of Advent is a great chance to stop and think, are we safe? Are we ready to die? Are we ready to meet Jesus? And if we don't die first, when he comes back again, he will come at an hour unexpected. Are we ready? The Advent wreath is serious and makes us stop and think, So, number three from Google was Advent Reefs. Number two was Advent Candle. And I thank to Hannah Green for this, who kindly gave me this from the bookshop. Isn't that kind of a... um, It's actually broken, and she can't sell it. It's got a snap in it, which is why. But uh, thank you to Hannah for for this, which is not only going to be useful at home, but it's a useful sermon illustration. So thank you. Thank you, Hannah, for that. Advent Candle. And that's a great thing as well to remind us of, of this. The candle gives us light in the dark season of Advent and reminds us of three important things. Live the light, be the light, and know the light. We live the light, or should do. We are people of the light. 
our collect prayer in your, in your notice sheets begins in this way. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armour of light. Although the world around us is dark, it's a dark place, we've received the gospel message. We know the good news about Jesus and he is the light of the world. That's who we follow. That's who we choose to follow. We are people of the light and we need to live in the light. We are people of the light. And secondly, we need to be a light for others. That message of the gospel, the message of God's love for us, is too important to keep to ourselves. It's something to share. We're called to be lights for others, to demonstrate God's love by what we say and what we do. Remember that Jesus said not just that he was the light of the world, but that he calls us to be lights too. Uh, Matthew chapter 5. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That idea of being light to others. Do your lights show for others to see the way? A few years ago, as a family, we went down to see fireworks in San Granok. Um, and if you've been there, you have to park at the top and then you walk down and see the fireworks at the seafront. It's lovely. And then walk back. And the advice was take a torch because it's going to be very dark walking back to the car park. So we all took torches. But actually, we didn't need it. There were so many people with torches there that the, the path back was well illuminated. And I put mine back in the pocket. Didn't need it. The lights of everybody else showed the way. Are we likewise being lights in our community, that people can see the way to God, that people can see something of God's love in what we do. Are we shining with God's light? We need to challenge ourselves. Are we caring for those around us? Being that light in our communities, in our workplaces, in our schools, wherever God's placed us. Are we concerned by the people around us? Are we giving practical care? Are we praying for others? Later in our service, Andy's going to be lead us in our intercessions, praying for those in need in our world, showing that care, being lights in the darkness. Live the light, be a light, and most importantly, know the light. Jesus is the light, and we need to have a relationship with him, to get to know him, to be ready for his return, whenever that is going to be. Always ready. The light from a candle lets us see. Let's just see the way ahead and we need to watch, look out, be on our guard. As it says here, Jesus says, keep watch. Are we looking out? Jesus is coming back. I remember hearing an old preacher years ago preaching, if you knew that Jesus would return tomorrow, how differently would you live today? And challenging us with the idea that if we're living as we should be, we shouldn't need to make any changes at all uh, to how we're living today. But would we? Are we that ready? What a challenge from an Advent candle. An Advent wreath, an Advent candle. And number one on thing, you can guess, is an Advent calendar. See, I promised you Peppa Pig. And here she is. A calendar. Advent calendar. And this is really good to remind us of, of the message here. That the day is coming. I remember having an advent calendar as a child. 
it's very exciting, and you'd, you'd count down the days, and it would seem as you were opening number two and number three that Christmas was never coming. That big day was always a long way off. It seemed like it was never getting closer. But it did, of course, come in the end. And sometimes we think, oh, Jesus, will he come back? It's gone on a long time now. But it's getting closer. He will come. And without warning, as he says, like a thief in the night, without any warning. Uh, Noah reference reminds us that Jesus will come unexpectedly. And then suddenly it will all be different. Not long after we'd moved in to our, our vicarage in, in Queen Square back in uh, 2016, I was sitting in the study there. It was uh, almost six years ago, 17th of November. I've got a note of it here, 2016. Um, I was looking out the window, and it was a perfectly still day, nothing happening. And then suddenly, from nowhere, there were 94 miles an hour winds that just swept the square. Um, the cars were being rocked, and things were being thrown around everywhere for 10 minutes. And then all of a sudden, it was still again. Some sort of mini tornado or something hit the town there. And it just came unexpectedly. It wasn't forecast, it wasn't expected. It just came unexpectedly and caught a lot of people out, a lot of damage around the town. Jesus says here, it's going to be like time of Noah. Life will go on as normal. People eating and drinking and just getting on with their lives. Without warning, Jesus will come back. That day is coming. It's coming. And the calendar, as we count down in the calendar, reminds us that's going to happen. But the calendar also reminds us that it's hidden. We don't know when that will be. Just as, as as a child and you open the Advent calendar and you don't know what's in each little box a chocolate or a picture or whatever it's hidden until you open it jesus says even he didn't know when this was set it's hidden nobody knows but it will be revealed jesus will come back and the church where i grew up they used to meet every sunday and they used to say almost in every service we meet one more time and one less time because we're counting down to when jesus returns Meet for one more time, also one less time. We need to be ready. Jesus said, keep watch. You do not know on what day your Lord will come. If the owner of the house had known what time the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and not let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So we need to be ready. So it's a challenging thing, this Advent. Yes, we're looking forward to Christmas. We're going to rejoice and celebrate that Jesus came to our earth as a baby. But we're also looking ahead to his second coming. And these three things of the Advent remind us, that wreath, are we ready for the end? When Jesus returns or calls us home, are we ready to meet with him? The Advent candle, are we living as people of the light? Living in the light and sharing the light with those around. And the Advent calendar, counting down to that day. It will come in the end. So this is it. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, in this Advent season, we ask that you will help us to live as people of the light. We thank you for this time of Advent when we can prepare to celebrate the coming of Jesus as a baby in Bethlehem, but also look ahead and prepare ourselves for your return here one day. So this week, Lord, help us to be a light to others. 
Help us to show kindness and love to those in need. And live each day, as it were, to be our last and to be ready, should you come again. Amen.